ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Disjelted Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Greetings and salutations from a beautifully stormy Atlanta Thursday night. Yes, yes. I actually had to hold my breath for about 20 minutes while I was out to dinner uh, this Ooh. evening because the lightning and thunder were shaking the building I was in. And I was like, oh, God, I hope that I still have internet when I get home because, gosh darn it, I want to do the Thursday night hangout. That is the best kind of storm, good sir. Yeah. And, yeah, I was a little bit worried about my internet for a few minutes there, too. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific cover himself, Zelius. Greetings and salutations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. At any point during the show, please drop your questions, opinions, thoughts into the chat, be it on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, and we will add it to the show. If we do unfortunately run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. So without further ado, let's jump into it. First thing... I've been promising this for a while. I am wearing my Atlanta rain shirt. I was like, he has a vintage shirt on. Yeah, man. It's, sad. it's sad. It's vintage already. It's a th- what is it? Three years old and it's vintage. Yeah. 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 It's for the defunct, uh, overwatch league. Well, and of course there's a, there's a misprint on it on the back. Ooh. Instead of doing altered confusion, A L T R C N F S N, it's only A L C F. Mm. So it's like Al oh. confusion. We are all confused. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, before we really get into it, I do want to thank everyone who's been checking out the uh, the the videos that I've posted from Chatacon. Um, for those of you who are interested, the um, I'm going to cheat here. Give me one sec. I want to make sure that I get all the names right here uh, of the, the the panels that I posted. Of course, the, fir- the first one that I know for sure that was posted was, so you finish making your indie game and you think you're done? Uh, or sorry, indie project, you think you're done? Uh, the next one is homegrown writing from our roots, uh, writing in a trademarked world. And uh, the big one is writing stories that work. And that's the one that's actually gotten a lot of attraction because it's got, it, it was a star studded, uh, author panel and they gave a lot of good information. So if you have a chance and you are a, a writer or starting writer, uh, and you need some pointers, definitely check out the, um, writing stories that work, uh, video for the panel. And well, you're the writer of the two of us, so I hope you paid close attention. So I, as as many people will tell you, there are several different types of artists. You've got the, the graphic oh, design. I don't want to hear any excuses. You, I just want to see your writing. So writing, I, I writing like reviews and writing stories. Look, do you want, uh, how about this? I, I will I will make a deal with, with uh, everybody. In the near future, if, some alter confusion milestone is hit. I will release my short story for everyone to read. How about that? Will it be accompanied by a comic? No, it will not. It's called The Farm. <laughs> I had to ask. The, the The short story is called The Farm. Oh, is this Dungeon Siege? Because he starts in a farm in no, Dungeon Siege. No, 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 no. There will be no Jason Statham part of this equation. Damn it. My hopes and dreams have been dashed. No, I, uh, I, I will. Um, we'll, we'll figure something out. Also, 
uh, just to put it, just to put some feelers out there, there has been a slight push for a, an Alter Confusion uh, fundraiser, where if I hit a certain goal, I will shave my goatee off. Hey, we did that like about five, six years ago. Yes, and I believe we got a grand total of three hundred dollars for it. So, and are we gonna have a? Um... Beautiful co-host to come join to enjoy the frivolity, who I know greatly enjoyed it last time. The if if we if if we set this up correctly, yes, that person will be the individual who will uh, basically take the shears to the goatee, and I, of course, will clean it up later. But and they will be overjoyed. Absolutely. So, anyways, okay. So, with that out of the way, let's get into some of the stories that have been that broke this past week, and the first one that uh, we have to talk about is, and I'm surprised that this didn't immediately happen, but I guess they were just waiting for enough people to bitch and moan about it. But the Pokemon company has officially come out and said, we are looking into Pal World, the new hottest thing on Steam. Um, if you don't know what Pal World is, I highly, rec- I highly recommend that you open up a separate tab because you don't want to navigate away from this show. And... And just based, or if you got Steam, just open up Steam and put Pal World, P A L W O R L D. And to be honest, it looks like Pokemon with weapons. Um, I mean, it's also the second highest concurrent gameplay ever on Steam. Yes. Now, uh, what could possibly be the issue? Well, one, uh, there have been many, many cases of individuals, uh, digital artists, basically trying to scrub through all of the models and whatnot, and then comparing it to um, known Pokemon models, and then showing that the proportions are almost exactly the same, which, of course, it would be IP infringement. Um, now, I'm... I'm I have not played Pal World, but I could tell you that I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, it's Pokemon with guns. I mean, that's no different than a whole lot of first person. Like, I can't tell, like, Modern Warfare versus Call of Duty from each other. Right. Like, it's the same game, as far as I'm concerned, or CSGO. So, like, I would say the same exact argument applies to a ton of the realistic warfare FPSs where they look freaking identical. Um, I look at this as a case of, um, who's the developer of Pokemon? Um, Pokemon Company. Pokemon, like they basically sat in their asses and they haven't innovated more shit. They released the same trudge year after year. It's like a case of Madden. Like, oh, it still works. So we're just gonna release it and make billions of dollars. Well, at least there's new evolutions, damn it. And now you have a game who took, yes, it's the monster taming hunting formula, obviously, but they've apparently actually done something fun and awesome with it. Um, so like more power to the power world developers for taking a formula that obviously people enjoy. Cause like people obviously enjoy the monster hunter, not monster hunter, like monster taming type of game where you do that kind of stuff. Like it's, other games have elements of it. So Power World took it and showed that, you know, as developers, if you just sit around and don't actually innovate, um, you'll be overtaken. It's no different than any other industry where 
you know, you have ideas and people kind of first own it, but then other people do it much better. So, so that's my lesson. And that's just don't sit in your ass and make the same stuff. Like actually make new games. They made, and, they made new Pokemon. The problem, okay. look, look, here, here, here's the deal. At the end of the day, I understand, look, a lot of the realistic first person shooters, they look identical. Uh, and I, it would be, it's a much harder case to go after IP infringement and, and that because you're basically utilizing the human figure. And I know this sounds crazy, but a lot of humans, especially soldiers have pretty decently similar, um, proportions. The problem I think that a lot of people have with, uh, Paul world versus, uh, Pokemon is that some uh, AAA uh, graphic artists are saying that the 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 copyrighted model of certain Pokemon, which do not exist in real life, if it was like, yes, that tiger looks exactly like the tiger in thirty seven other games. Okay. So what about demons and like every single ARPG ever or any RPG for that matter? You have demons and skeletons. Oh no, the skeletons look the same. Okay, skeletons, you're no one's gonna no one's suing each other over the fact that my skeleton looks exactly like 17 other games of skeletons. Demons, if you really want to split hairs, I think. But once again, Pokemon are made up creatures that were created by a company. Now I haven't really seen anybody actually have a problem with it. Actually, it's like the, the article I saw from Pokemon Company is basically like, "Yeah, we're looking into it." Like it was a boilerplate message, right? Uh, I think something I, I'm sure they were aware of like before yesterday. Well, the the I think that they they basically they had to say something at this point because so many more and more people are piling on, especially these apparent you know, artists that want their voices to be heard, um, saying, it doesn't affect them. technically you could, oh, you, you could associate pal world with Pokemon. And that that would not be good because Pokemon has a wholesome huggable, uh, you know, family friendly look to it where pal world basically gives them guns and, the, and guns for parents who actually give a shit about what their kids are playing. Not getting on that soapbox. Not getting on that soapbox. Um, you know, it you it, it goes down I, to this I, I is think, why I think you're stretching it a little bit. No, that's what people are doing. Look, this is why this is why companies like Nintendo love to basically shat on fan projects because they don't want anyone to confuse their IP in the slightest while they actually own the rights. Now of course, if you, you know, let that, if, if it becomes, um, why can I never remember the stupid, uh, terminology where it's not commonplace, but it's, um, it's public, whatever. Public domain. Thank you. Public domain. Like Steamboat Willie, you know, then I've, yeah. Cause I'm looking at screenshots and like, it's obvious, like. I don't see Pokemon. That's just me. Well, someone's going. Like the, art style, the art style is very different. The interface is super different. Like to me, it's not 
Pokemon. Someone's going through a bunch of the creatures' models and finding ones that are identical to po existing Pokemon models. That's all I'm saying. And and that's forced Pokemon Company to say something. I'm not saying who's in the right. I don't I don't know. I to be brutally honest, I don't care. Um, all I know is oh, that Pokemon Company continues to Pokemon? get Pokemon continues to get my money because my children will just randomly buy booster packs for a card game they don't know nice. how to play. Nice. Um, I think it's cool to see a new, different game that isn't a okay. I guess maybe it's a rehash of Pokemon in some form or fashion, but a new, different developer with a game smashing records on Steam is nice to see. Yes, yes, it is. That's it is nice like. to to have a refreshing new title, something different, something new. I mean, you can always just play Pug G again. Woo! I still can't believe it, that's still around. I mean, it still makes money. It's yeah. kind of like Overwatch. We keep shitting on it, but it keeps making millions. So. Yes, they're doing just, something right. Just wasn't done correctly on the professional level. All right, maybe that's what game developers shouldn't care about is actually the the uh, pro level. But, maybe that's but at. that's where advertisement, babies, advertisement. Not only do so you get your brand name in the game, but then you actually get to have your brand commercial air during the timeouts or the changeovers between rounds. So what's going to make more money, the advertising or people laying down whales types of money on How many whales scale? are there? It's not just the whales. It's also the magnitude of players who are still playing. I mean, it's still one of the most played games on the internet, regardless of what we think about it. Right. That's true. Okay. Anyways, I mean, um, speaking of MMOs that um, made hell of a splash, let's talk about the fact that the day before that wonderful MMO, that zombie killing survivalist MMO that crashed and burned oh so brilliantly upon its release, the, uh, the developers are working on a new game. What? Yeah. Is it open for early access? Can I put my money down and waste it? Uh, apparently, uh, they're making <laughs> they're making a new unknown mobile game. Oh, so great. they're changing platforms. Nothing. All they're saying is, yeah, we're we're currently looking at uh, veteran experience in the uh, the industry to find the right fit to create our next game. So they're not completely 100% dead. So there's and that. Remind me to not download and install their game on my phone. Yes. Now, uh, uh, ironically enough, there is a, I want to I give credit where credit's due. Uh, there is a developer, a solo de developer, that goes by the name of Crimson. And basically what he did is utilizing uh, pre-made assets, 300 hours of careful work, and a lot of dedication. This gentleman, Crimson, developed a working prototype of a zombie survival shooter called The Day After, which basically beat out uh, the day before in every single category, and he did it just to be silly. In 300 hours 
where what was how long did the day the day before uh developers say they had it five ten years it was years yeah yes it was years. In the close of years so this dude basically huh, you know what i think i could do it better and i could do it like that and i could also do it by myself so what i'm hearing is there's still hope for you to independently make a video game version of crystal surprise oh for the love of god I'm just saying. I dude, the, I I would have to find I mean, I would have to re um educate myself with all the Crystal Prime stuff. But all right, anyways. No, I'm not going I'm we are not having this conversation right now. We'll have it later. Uh basically, so this parody called The Day After has dynamic weather as uh a, has a rich atmosphere, an inventory system that works well, and zombies that actually die. In comparison to the day before, where the weather was static, uh, there was a lack of atmosphere, an inventory system that was spotty, and there's a good chance that the zombies just ignored the fact that it got hit. So it sounds like a hell I going for it. Yeah. Hmm. I'd, be, I'd be very curious. I wonder. Um. Yeah, he, he they the developer said that he had a lot of fun uh making this and maybe in the future when he has some free time uh he may work on a co-op zombie survival game after that he's done with his or they are done with their other projects. Nice. Whatever they may be. That's funny. So maybe we will get some sort of day before that actually you know gets close. The day. It's just a day. A day and a day. All right, anyways, uh, so you got that. And let's let's speaking of projects that went kablooey, this one is something that didn't actually make it to the table, but was kind of whispered about, and that is that a a game that some people might have um after the whispers wanted something about, uh, wanted to check out was Blizzard's untitled survival game, which was announced back in 2022. It was described as a brand new survival game for PC and console, a place full of heroes we have yet to meet, stories yet to be told, and adventures yet to be lived. A vast realm of possibility waiting to be explored. Well, that game's gone. Ghost Explorer. Uh, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Starcraft Ghost, the next adventure. Well, of course, it coincides with the unfortunate 1900-person layoff at Activision Blizzard also. And I, I do want to point out that uh, part of that layoff uh, was basically the entire Blizzard customer support staff. And apparently 50% of the asset art team from Overwatch, um, which sucks because... One thing Overwatch had was beautiful palettes. Yeah. Like the artwork, like one of my favorite parts of Overwatch was the art. I mean, it was good gameplay, but the assets that they used, especially like Blizzard World and some of the other ones were, they were just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like they were just beautiful. Um, and I kind of wonder, especially like, cause you already have like, you know, base assets, 
what really gave that extra extra pizzazz was the assets for holidays because they had like Christmas themed and Halloween themed and you know et cetera et cetera, mm -hmm. which really kind of gave that extra bit of fun. And I kind of got to wonder if you know you're kind of getting away with the asset team. My assumption would be they're still going to do you know regular releases of new assets, but I wonder if some of the seasonal stuff isn't going to be quite as epic as it was before because you just don't have the resources for it now maybe this is why i know that uh, what this is blizzard what we're talking about blizzard here um maybe this is why everyone is so down on this season of diablo 4 because it apparently has fallen flat to many gamers i've tried actually with diablo not to pay attention so i have started playing season three of diablo 4 mm -hmm. and i've tried not paying attention to the crowd because it is overwhelmingly negative about all things diablo 3 right or wrong diablo 4. um what sorry yes diablo 4. um my guess is it's be, so the big theme with season three is you have what's called essential in the game central not like essential but a space essential mm -hmm. which is a companion that you can apply skills and abilities to and modify those okay my guess is people aren't liking it because they find that's not a um so like the previous seasons like what you did like the seasonal content actually directly affected your character right like mm -hmm. you can modify your skills and abilities in different ways and give yourself abilities whereas now anything you do only directly affects your central your companion um would that does that carry over into the eternal realm? Well, that that's what's weird is no, it's not going to because it's not eternal. So on one hand, it's like the the ones that directly affect your characters, mm -hmm. like it makes sense, like that's the way it's always been. Right. But like, I feel like not being able to carry over a companion from the um, seasonal to the um, eternal realm, like. That does give a different taste in the mouth, I think, in a way. I think the other issue you run into is like a lot of the fun in ARPGs is affecting your build. Like, how do you, like, seasonal content, how do you change up your build and modify it and do kind of cool new things you couldn't before? Whereas, like, a companion doesn't really affect your build necessarily. Like, it's just doing its own thing. Right. So it doesn't change the meta in that regard um the other issue i think a lot too is unless you're doing like a very specific minion build like a necromancer type of character where they have like you know 50 skeletons or they have like one or two golems with really specific builds uh i'm not very far into season three yet or season three but typically your companions do jack shit in a lot of games that's just the reality they're pack uh, mules they're pack mills and they also end up becoming basically um especially in hiring content, really their only utility is to buff you. It's really a damage scaling issue because like when you're leveling up like level one through 50, okay, they might scale with your damage a little bit, Yeah. but trying to scale a companion's damage who has like special abilities and stuff to scale at higher end content where now you have crazy modifiers, like usually they just, their offense doesn't scale worth crap usually is what ends up happening at hiring content. I don't know. I'm like, I mean, so far it's okay, I guess. Um, I like companions and games, I guess, but like 
if you're also something like a necromancer who wants to do a minion army, it's downright silly that like, oh, great, I have another companion, but I already have 10 skeletons. Yippee. Yeah. So it's an interesting choice. Um, the one thing I don't, I think that would help. Like, there's a they try to do a little bit of synergy. We're like, if their attack hits with a critical hit, you get an enhanced critical hit or something. But there's, from what I've seen, there's very little actual synergy between the companion and yourself, mm-hmm. um, which kind of feeds the purpose of seasons in a way of ARPGs, to be honest, because if it doesn't affect your build in a meaningful way, you're just literally repeating the same character again with really no actual functional change. Right. So I'll continue to play season three and see what happens, but that's my assumption. Uh, Now, Ivan also leveled up all the characters to level 50. So if you're somebody who's done it already and you're thinking like every season's a new opportunity to do crazy new builds and this really gives you no opportunity to do crazy new builds Mm -hmm. and kind of like with Overwatch, Really, the people you're hearing from are the vocal my vocal majority. No, the vocal minority. Yeah, yep. yeah, who they're really loud, but the players who have actually done that much content are very minor in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um. So for a casual, filthy casual like myself, I'm liking it fine so far. Yeah. Um. I don't know why they didn't post this on Messenger, but. I was just asked a question. I'm going to ask it to the audience here. Um, should PETA... Damn it. I don't want to come back to this, but anyways. Should PETA get involved with games like Pal World and Pokemon? What the fuck? <laughs> because technically it is, it is animal endangerment. It's, it's, like, it's an not- immense... <laughs> Call for the euthanization of animals and other terrible things that they're already known for. Um, and just a good general policy. If Peter's for it, I'm against it. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not a college football or college sports fan, you may not have heard the fact that PETA is going after the University of Georgia, uh, trying to plead with them to change mascots because of the detrimental stress that their breathe heavy animal dog bulldog uh, has so they basically PETA wants the University of Georgia to, to stop being bulldogs and stop having a bulldog mascot like if I believed in reincarnation I would 100% want to be NCAA college football animal those are the most like bloody i don't care if it's a you know a husky or a bulldog hell the tennessee canine those are the most pampered animals on the face of the planet you know because like the people who like own those animals like you know they are diehard fans of those and you damn well know that they are treated like family and they're treated better than their biological kids so you kidding me? I want to be one of those animals when I grow up. I know. I the. I mean, I this. I don't know if they if it's still. Does Does LSU still have the live tiger? That's a really good question. They used to, know. and when they did, the damn thing had basically had a mansion 
and like a a bigger plot of land than my entire neighborhood. Okay, so, you know what I think fine. of flying in a mansion is um a hangover. Uh, yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's all I can think of. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, should to- Peta get involved if they're bored? Which I guess they 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 regularly do. Yeah, sure. Why not? I I don't. I it's an imaginary creature. Okay. Okay. It, it also is this. It's fake. It's like playing a video game where it's a first person shooter and it's guns. It's fake. It's not real. It's not in the actual world. It's here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I I let's 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 go over this again for one more time. You're going to make me angry. Digital is not reality. If a person says that video games made them do it, then it's not the video game really. What's happening is our mental health system sucks balls. And we decide, nah, walk it off or he'll be fine. Give a pat on the back. And then when crazy shit happens, your first reaction is it's got to be video games. So at the same time, you're not okay. I don't know that there are a shit ton of animal abusers out there because they're heavy Pokemon players. Okay. Now, a playing Pokemon is going to want to make me go capture all the feral animals. In very spherical shaped cages. And go with them to a gym and train them to fight. To go fight other spherically shaped animals. Spherically in encased animals. Yeah, in case. Yes. That yes. I don't even <laughs> I, I I don't even know. Look, you know. Should PETA get involved with that? No. To be honest with you, a lot of organizations that get involved with stuff these days probably shouldn't get involved, but they do because they need to uh, make sure that everyone doesn't forget them. Because we live in like a one-second news cycle. Be it the right news or the wrong news, check your sources, people. Um, Everyone has to be has to have their look at me moment every, every like hour or something. So forget me not. Yeah, exactly. Forget me not, which is a, is a, I believe it's also a flower to make it. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure, sure. it isn't. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Seriously, people who are watching the show who have my phone number, you can, Comment in the chat, but I'll let one more go by. <sighs> All right, hold on. Okay, this is kind of a fun one, and I and I I understand the question. I uh, okay, fine. How long? Sorry, nope. Shit. Oh my god. Not how long. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Zelius, for pointing out that this is chat. Um. You know, when you buy a new electronic, they sometimes have that wonderful, like, safety plastic on top, you know, that's just there? Yep. How long do you let that actually exist 
on your electronic? Is it an immediate, once I've bought it and I put it in the place, I remove it? Or is it, I let it stay until it fall, starts peeling off itself? If I notice it, it's an instant removal because if I don't do it immediately, I won't even remember to do it. So it's not like a, oh, I'm just going to leave it on and see what happens. No, it's an instant take off and throw it in the trash. I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of like that, um, you know, that big whiff of uh, that you take when you buy a new car. Okay. It's just part mm. of the. It's part of the process for me. I've put it exactly where it needs to go. Now to finish it off, I want to feel and watch that that protective plastic be peeled off of whatever it is. So it, it so you're saying us we should go buy a new car so we get the nice fresh smell. I mean, it's it, I I'm saying it's on par with that. Okay, I guess doing it with electronics is a tad bit more economical. Yes. Though some of these electronics are damn expensive. I like the sound of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, to be honest, I, I, I like take. I like that it's it's kind of it's kind of like bubble wrap it away. Yes, it doesn't make that popping noise, but it still gives you that satisfaction. You know, it's that tactile satisfaction of yeah. pulling it off and, and watching it go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's pause real quick to uh, thank the individuals who help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion that you love and adore. And so let us start off with the friends of the show. And of course, as always, the Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. The next shout-out we got to give is the AV master himself, and that, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and pedal recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. They're just at MAGFest. Yes, they were. Which sold out, apparently. Yes, it did. All right, the next shout-out we got to give is to uh, a local individual that helped get all those aches and aches and breaks. No, uh, that's not the right one. Uh, aches, break. Aches, and pains. aches and pains out of your gaming shoulders and fingers and wrists and basically the full body treatment. Ladies and gentlemen, Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They're committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the music maestro himself, an individual who helped us in a situation that we thought we would never be in. That, of course, is a copyright um, 
claim on one, on our intro music. So he came in, swooped in, and saved the day. Ladies and gentlemen, Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content. Just like Alter Confusion, Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And finally, the original, the OG, the original patron, ladies and gentlemen, by day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist, Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For, for more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Also, check out his book. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you are just dying to know, how do I become a friend of the show? How do I get a shout-out for during every single Thursday night hangout? And well, ladies and gentlemen, I have the answer for you right here. Alter Confusion survives the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, werewolves, swamp creatures, mummies, supporters, and more to become active participants of work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two tiers uh, at the moment. <coughs> There's the $1 a month. That's $1 a month or $12 a year tier. And what that gets you is early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as the ability to participate in patron-only posts and polls. Now, if you're feeling super frisky and you want your shout out during every single Thursday night show, all you got to do is go to the $5 tier, that's $5 a month or $60 a year, and not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization added to every single Friends of the Show section of the Thursday Night Hangout. So if you want to become a patron of Altered Confusion, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion today. All right. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to make it there, good sir? I just need a little sip of my Mountain Dew concoction, and I'll be fine. The happy juice. Indeed. All right. So, let us get back to the... Um, sorry, I, I'm, I have all of the, the topics listed out, and since people are adding topics, I'm having to number them now so that I can write them in order when it comes to publishing this show. Oh. Um, anyways, let's see here. The next topic we'll bring up is, <clears throat> how about this? John Stewart is returning to The Daily Show on Mondays. I've never really been into those type of shows in the first place. Um, so I'm honestly very ambivalent and don't really have an opinion one way or the other. Um, I do give him mad kudos for, I know he worked very hard and effortlessly on getting some, um, attention about the, um, workers from nine 11 who had severe health effects and Congress was like, what? We don't know what you're talking about. Did it happen? And he was very relentless about that. So I do give him props for that. 
Yes. That's I, all I know. Um, I really enjoyed most of his stuff when he was with the daily show. And I think it's exciting. It's a little, and it's, and to be honest with you, this might actually make a little bit more sense where it's not just the same host every single day. It gives you a little bit of variety. Um, and it also kind of allows, uh, comedy central to test out, uh, other hosts since the host isn't on the line for, you know, X, uh, several back to back days you could kind of bring in someone who's a little bit fresher because there are times amazingly enough in this world where shit hits the fan and it hits it bad and it drains even the funniest of people. And then to have them have to come on day after day after something that makes hit real close to home, you know, it kind of hurts. But if you have a variety of individuals who could jump in you know, that it, it kind of softens the blow and allows for healing for the other uh, uh, leads. Anyways, but I'm, I'm excited. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy uh, anything, to be honest with you, anytime that Jon Stewart sneaks onto the Colbert show is awesome. So, and I, I thoroughly, and, and, um, I kind of wish that uh, John Stewart had kind had basically just done um, uh, become a field reporter for uh, what was it uh, last week tonight, which is John Oliver's HBO show, so that uh, John Stewart could uh, curse his ass off because you know stupid regulations of what you can. I cannot say on TV if you if you've ever if you're ever bored. Go to YouTube, look up George Carlin, and the words you can't say on television. It is a lot of fun. Which is funny because, like, what is television is such a blended concept nowadays anyways. Yeah. Such as WWE in 2025 will be no on longer Netflix. be on television. It will be on Netflix. Well, let's be honest. They're the only reason why Peacock is staying afloat. Well, the annoying thing to me is for something like that, what I worry about with Netflix, it's going to become like cable TV where all of a sudden if they start getting into sports, like they need to though. What? That's but a it's a huge chunk of the market that they need. But to we're going to end up subsidizing like a $60 Netflix bill for people who don't watch sports, basically just like cable TV. Yep. And we're going to be exactly where we were before. It, the, the problem is right now they need live content that because as as many people do a lot of streamers they wait till a season's done then they buy like a month subscription to something and then they binge watch the show the only show they want and they disappear also well it depends on your definition of need like the only definition of need that actually accords with is literally wall streets because they're getting record profits like record subscribers so it's just i don't know I, they did it according to the endless growth recipe of Wall Street is literally the only reason because they are growing more than ever before already. They need to keep the money coming in. Mm. More money, better. And also, Peacock has to die. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just found I, I, I found it extremely annoying 
that there was a an NFL playoff game that I was unable to watch because I do not have Peacock. And guess what? Apparently, it did very well. So guess what that means? It's because Taylor Swift was there. It it's really gonna, that if you if, if it had norm. been any other game, if it had been any other game, the viewer numbers would have been. But because Taylor Swift, and I'm, look, I have got, I've gotten nothing against Taylor Swift. I think that it's awesome that it's drawing in a new audience. I'm not going to bitch and moan about whatever station is. Look, Taylor's there. Taylor's there. Great. Awesome. It doesn't affect my viewing. Look, the more people who watch football, in my opinion, the better. I do find it funny, especially during the uh, Bills game. Like, I swear it's like every other play they pay into her um, booth. Well, it's because Jason Kelsey, uh, Travis's brother, was shirtless, pounding beers and screaming at the top of his lungs. Okay, but in fact, that was why they pan. I know, but... But that no, was entertaining. Still, no, it was amazing. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but that's not why they originally did. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what is this? We have a grizzly bear drinking beer. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. And then everyone's going, yes, yes, yes. Keep going. Keep keep going back yeah. to that 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 one right there. Yep. But I, whatever. Anyway. My favorite scene was when they showed Taylor Swift, and he's just back behind her shirtless, just just chilling, standing there, yeah. beer. Yeah, like, staring off in the distance. Maybe the beer is finally cut. Okay, I, I know this. this we, we we talk nerdy stuff and 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 whatnot, but I have to ask Zelius, how many beers do you think would actually take? Would it take to take down Jason Kelsey? Oh, good lord! I bet the dude can knock back a twelve pack of Miller Lite. Oh, dude! Like, I think I, I think I think we're talking thirty six. I mean that dude. <laughs> The picture when he had when he had the beer in his hand, and like the beer in his hand, for comparison, looked like this glass in my hand. Scoot, scoot, just, your, scoot. There you go. Right, just the, like this tiny little glass, which is like less than half the size of a beer. It's about the size of my gripping of it, right? Yeah. And like the beer can in his hand looks smaller than this. Yep. Like, it's just a big man, and obviously the man knows how to like drink like it's not like he only does it in the offseason i have a feeling he he enjoys a couple during the season um yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm going to go with 36 what shoot okay there was a baseball player way back in the day way before most people are born now i guess uh by the name of wade boggs and apparently he was famous for the amount of beers he could uh knock down uh, when he went from the East Coast to the West Coast for a baseball game. And then you have Andre the Giant. Uh, dude, that, okay, just, Legend has it. Just get the vat, man. Legend has it. Yep. That he drank 156 16-ounce can, beer cans in one night. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you see – but, okay, if you want, if you want a real crazy experience – Google Andre the Giant holding a beer can because, oh, my God, it looks like one of those, like, mini Cokes you could buy at the, the grocery store. That's what it looks like in his humongous hands. True. Anyways, now that we've, we've gone down the beer rabbit hole, um, let's talk about – there is a game out there that came out uh, – basically dropped at the uh, – I 
I think it was near the end of the year, called The Final. Um, it was a... I've heard of it. Uh, let me see if I can pull up some info on this. Let's see here. Um, it was... I'm trying to see where when exactly... It was a, it was a free-to-play first-person shooter, which apparently dropped at the Game Awards in 2023. Uh, but apparently it has like lost a lot of momentum. Uh it peaked at 242,000 two, sorry, 242,619 uh Steam players on December 10th. And yesterday it was at 51,000. So, the question I have for you Zelius is how long because this obviously December tenth, and we're now on January twenty fifth, so we're talking a month and fifteen days. You're seeing a drop off of, oh boy, Charlie, use your uh, you're down to a fifth of your maximum viewing, so that's twenty percent. Hey, math still works. Um, how long do you think a game has to have? close to their peak numbers for it to be considered a, a success. Close to their peak numbers? Or, or you know, I don't want to say, well, your peak numbers, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have that, but I guess close to your peak numbers instead of 20%. What, what, what percentage do you think they need to stay constant at? And for how long? If they were to retain 78% of their peak number, for let's say six months is that a success i would consider that a success i feel like i need to do some like deep dive statistical analysis and do like use cases of previous video games do you need some pivot tables yes i need to do some pivot tables with some macros and do some you know excel magic to be like a qualitative analysis of other successful games like let's just say original overwatch Diablo 3 and Pug G. Yeah. Look at those for the first two years. Well, I guess one of those hasn't been out for two years. But look at those for the first span and see what their numbers look like. Because you have a single-player game, you have a multiplayer game that we know kind of dropped off, and Pug G is still extremely similar, or extremely popular. Right. So you take those type of games of different demographics, and you see, like, okay, what is their popularity? And maybe you throw in another, like, more of an indie game. Um, they're the first Witcher. Which I call it indie, but like when Winter One came out, it wasn't exactly like a big known quantity. So you take something like that. So you take like a couple of different games to get a kind of couple of different baselines. And I would, I mean, to answer that question, I literally are pulling numbers out of my ass right now to try to answer that question. I have no bloody clue. I would really have to look at some previous games to kind of see what does their historical numbers look like and kind of go from there. I think is what we would have to do to get an idea. Because uh, I know you look at games, I mean, kind of look at the cycles of MMOs. I mean, I know it's not that big of a drop-off in a month and a half, but like your World of Warcrafts and Final Fantasy is like, do you have pretty good drop-offs, um, especially right now when you're in content droughts? So I think I would have to see what the other games actually look like after X amount of time. Um I'll grant you the twenty percent of your player base after a month and a half does not sound healthy. No, so uh, that, like that does not sound optimal. I would grant that. Right. No. Okay. So, but for example, I just pulled up. Um, 
the the numbers for Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, that's a good one. So when it first came out back in January, uh, or sorry, December 2020, the player count at its highest was one million fifty four thousand three hundred eighty eight. This is according to Steam. Uh, Steam DB. Okay, cool. Uh, now, if you were to look at the numbers right now, they there are currently averaging seventy two, almost seventy three thousand players. Now, of course, yes, you have a million. Now you're down to seventy three. But we're talking. This is January twenty twenty four, from December twenty twenty. So you have retained basically over a span of over three years. You still have 70, 72, 73,000 players still playing the game. And when that, when that last, um, when the, the DLC came out, uh, it had a bump up to 260,000. That to me is a success. Actually, let me look up. So I'm looking at a game like Valheim, which I would consider a pretty successful, like, um, survival type of game. Yep. Um, when it first came out, it peaked at in March and let's see here, February, 2021 at 500,000 players, um, to get under hundred thousand players. So basically 20% of your player base, it took until about May. So that was three months. How about this? How about this? And, but I think what's more important though, is can you keep those players, right? right? So for instance, Valheim, I would say it still looks pretty successful because from a February 21st launch of 500,000 players, um, and during 2023, it still had anywhere between 20 to 50,000 players. Right. And what I'm seeing from the numbers, like just look at Steam DB, like it's not like a constant drop off and drop off and drop off. Like it kind of fluctuates a little bit, like goes down and up. Yeah. So I think in my mind, that's a good sign when it's just not going down, 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 down. You kind of see like it almost balances a little bit at a certain time. Okay. Now here, here's here's another game. Uh Starfield. At Ooh, its highest, yeah. uh, which was five months ago, it was at thirty so three million. <laughs> 330,723. Sure. Currently less than 8,000 players playing it. That does not sound help. Nope. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll go back to Valheim real quick, right? Mm -hmm. Is, let me open that back up again. Like, yeah, when their peak is, you know, a small, I, I mean, consider them a small indie developer. And like their lowest month that I'm looking at is 25,000 players. Yeah. So a game that's been out for almost three years. Um, what I would consider a pretty niche genre, like still beats out, um, what you may call it, um, Starfield. Thank you, Starfield. Yeah. And just for one more, because I, I wanted to, uh, I looked up Hades. Now, remember, Hades is across a lot of different platforms, but just for Steam version of Hades, uh, there's a maximum three years ago of 38,000 players. And currently, there are 3,800 players playing. 
Huh? Wait, how many are playing now? Hades? Right as of right now, there's three thousand eight hundred fifty-four people playing Hades right now on Steam. Like at this moment? At this very moment. Like, I mean, to be honest, for a game that old, yeah. single player, yeah. like I think that's actually pretty good. That's amazing. That's I amazing. I, I would agree with that. Like, I'm yeah. Um yeah. Hell, let's what? Let's let's wait until Hades two comes out, and then we'll see how the viewer the the gaming numbers are. Kind of curious. Final Fantasy fourteen on oh, Steam. Boy. Um, so this is where you kind of get you know the the MMO really? fluctuations. That's interesting. What's that? That that can't be right. Are you on Steam DB? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking up the wrong Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. I'm like, I I got my Roman numerals mixed up. Okay. Oh boy. There we go. I was looking at Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah, that would that would have a different uh, gamer like, count than. I was 14. like, there's no way. Um. Yeah. So like Final Fantasy fourteen, which I don't know. So fourteen's a little bit weird. Because it was not always available through Steam, but you could right. launch it through Steam by doing that little like addition thing. So I don't know when it was actually has. So I don't think this differentiates between like the Steam release and launching the um the native Square Enix client because this goes back to like 2014 when it launched. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have according to Steam, N Walker, which was the most recent one where they had to stop new purchases, peaked at ninety five thousand. Um. And now you're at around 37,000 players. Which, I mean, it's still a third of your overall player base for MMO, where you're really in a content drought right now until the new expansion comes out. Right. So I would consider that not bad. Um, hmm. It's kind of fun to look at the different, like, stats. Yes, it is. It is a rabbit hole that once you go down, you may not come back up. Um, but, um, wow. Eve online still has around 5,000 active users. Oh God. Yes. It, it will forever. What's crazy. Is it like, it's one of the few games I see where like, it actually goes up still a little bit at times. Uh, just because I brought up, uh, Starfield, a fun little statistic in the past 30 days, 37% of the reviews given to Starfield have been positive. The other 63% have been extremely negative. So uh, Starfield's rating on Steam has dropped to mostly negative. Wow. That's kind of funny. I mean, it is. I think that's what I do feel like that is definitely one of those games where right or wrong, it became such a word of mouth type of like, oh, this game sucks. Yeah. Um, which, whatever. I mean, it's a game I'm not going to be playing because it was never my kind of game to start with necessarily. Um, but just hearing everything about it, it's definitely like, hey, yeah, I'm good. I do. Uh, I but but you know this the the uh, the one thing that I do find interesting is that uh, something that Steam had to implement uh, many years ago was that um, 
there were these groups of individuals who would literally just bomb uh, a game and just write a review. Yeah. Uh, now you have to click on the I own this game or you basically have to own the game in order for your review to actually count against uh, the the uh, the overall Steam rating of the game. So, but that being said, and it and it being changed to mostly negative, that tells you that it is actually the individuals who own the game that are saying bad things. I do think that there. I mean, I know you could game it, obviously, but there should also be like a minimum hours played in to review a game. Yeah, I mean, I know you could like open it up and leave it in, in you know, just open. So maybe it doesn't mean anything, but still. And to be honest with you, I don't really. Okay, so video games, um, that that time counter, um, I think Steam basically counts it as as long as the exe the the executable is uh, in focus and is active, or as well. I mean, if it's in focus, it's active. Um, well, not necessarily. If it's in focus, because you could just like Zelia said, you could literally just log in or you know launch the game and then walk away and then rack up the hours um but there are there are games out there that i personally like um the way that they handle this and this basically while while you're actually in game they have their own timer so instead of the 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 game is in focus timer it's uh an actual like in the save it's you know, my, my, if you look at, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the game, but there is a game that I thought was horse crap, but because for some reason the damn thing was open without me knowing it, I must have accidentally hit the, the launch button and not noticed. I played too long to get the refund for this crappy ass game. If you, cause if you look at the time that I've put into the game, according to steam, I've put in like 30 hours. According to my actual save file, I've put in um, 58 minutes. Interesting. They have a game like um, Civ 6. Yeah. Civilization 6. Launched in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, still has 70,000 players a month. That does not surprise me. I mean, that's a... I mean, it makes sense that a 4X grand strategy game like that has strong longevity because there are so many different ways to play it. Um, so yeah, right. That one definitely makes yep. sense. 4X games are not the, I've I i, I I've got a couple of minutes. Let me just hop on real quick. <laughs> 4X games you know are I mean? a time commitment. You mean it's still just one more turn? Yeah, exactly. I just... I, I I got it. I just 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 I, I need to see what what the results of this next turn is, and then then I'll I'll go. It's crazy to me that eighty thousand plus people are still playing TF two. Yeah, buddy. That's just that's crazy to me. <laughs> so apparently, Xbox and the European Space Agency are timing or not timing teaming up to give away a real life spacesuit to one lucky Starfield fan in a limited time contest. Well, case that's you fun. Wanted that. No, thank you. What am I going to do with the <laughs> an actual spacesuit? 
Um, cosplay. Yeah, with my luck, it wouldn't fit, or it wouldn't fit right. It would just be <laughs> odd. You know, you know what's really cool to me, uh, like finding out. Huh? Sorry, I'm still distracted by this. Okay, well, while Zelius continues to look at graphs, something that <laughs> I find cool is, um, is when years later, after a game has launched, someone finds, you know, a cool little Easter egg or something in the game that no one has discovered yet. I find that just awesome because that that shows a level of detail for the or or how bored the designer was or uh, artist. Are was. you impressed with the developer or the video game player? The both. That the the game player. Hey, there are individuals out there who literally tried to like um, investigate every square inch of a game. Yeah, uh, no, I don't have that much. And issues. and to reward them for doing that is kind of cool as well. I will not do that. <laughs> my my days of a hundred completions are are is very long long gone. That's not to say that I haven't come close a couple times by accident. But I'm not I'm I'm not a completionist. I will never be a completionist ever again. Swick it in cured me of that. And that was a long time ago now. I say that's a long time ago, man. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. How Swick Oden. When did the first Sawicken come out? Back in the day. Uh oh Lord. Was was released in nineteen ninety five. So that's Jeez. almost 30 years ago. Oh my god. Wow, I uh you know, I got it in the bargain bin. That's 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 what I meant to say. Not that I bought it uh brand new in a oh god, what was it even back then? It won a GameStop. Maybe it was an EB Games? Or maybe it was Babbage's? No, it was probably after Babbage's. I always liked uh media play. Ooh. I might have, well, did, mm, yeah, I might have gotten a media play. You had that one in North Point. Yeah, buddy. That's where my dad won uh, a Magic the Gathering tournament and got entire booster pack box of cards written in Italian. <laughs> he was so excited. He's like, I won! And then he like started opening up cards. He's like, the hell is this? I have a buddy who has a buddy who has two unopened um, alpha boxes of magic cards. Jesus. They're literally in a um, safety, safety, yeah, safety deposit safety box? security deposit box at the bank, and it's his retirement plan. I have uh, a still-in-the-wrapper Doom Trooper starter deck. Not the same. I know it's not the same. But I wonder if I can make some money off that. Are you going to go put it in a safety security security box too? No. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't gots one of those. And if I did, I'd probably forget that I had it and then be years later and I'm wondering why I'm getting a monthly pull on my, my bank account. You should just put your most valuable Funko Pop in there. It wouldn't fit. I'd have to have a big box. That's what she said. Because my uh, my most, I think my most valuable one 
is still uh, Def Pool on a Unicorn, which is not the normal size Funko Pop. Oh. But speaking of which, I do need to like re-go, I need to redo my inventory because I've gained quite a few uh, and I have not kept up with it. I also yes, need to redo is... my freaking office again. Oh, very important. Yes, yes. Anyways, I digress. Or maybe we digressed a long time ago. I don't remember. But anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Zelius, what are you, you going to be playing this week? Or do you have time? Because I think robo people are going to take over. Yeah, we got week. our big robo tournament this weekend. But I'll be trying to fit in some um, season three of Diablo 4. Right on. I will be playing. I, I started streaming a game called, uh, I think it's called Lamplighters uh, League. And it was, eh, so I switched over to the game um, Invincible, which is, uh, it's, uh, it's a, you crashed on an unknown planet, kind of. It's not, I mean, it is a walking simulator, but there's a little bit more to it. And so I'm, I'll probably come back to that. Uh, and then I also, uh, took, let me make sure I get the name of this game right. Oh no, I'm not gonna be able to get the name of this game correct because yeah. Uh, I also took a game called chance of Sinar, Sinar for a spin, Ooh. uh, is basically, it's a takeoff of the, uh, tower of Babel. Uh, you basically wake up and you have to rediscover. It kind of reminds me of another game I played now. Of course I can't remember what it was. It's, I spent way too much time on it. Uh, but basically, you are in this game. You're trying to rediscover language or discover the different languages in this tower that you're gonna be climbing. Totally random. Yes, sir. But the mentioning Babel, uh -huh. I don't know the full details because it's a long article. But there's controversy over the Hugo Award, which is given to the best sci-fi award. And one of the books that was in the running is called. Battle. Uh -huh. um, and apparently, due to what people, some people consider weird, sketchy, nefarious ish reasons, it got left off the final ballot, giving accusations of censorship. Ah. Um, which is is ironic because anyone who's read, particularly futuristic sci fi, one of the huge themes of many, many sci fi books censorship. Censorship is like the th core theme of so many of those books. Yep. So I just thought that was a little bit, you know, ironic where it's like, if it's actually happening with the Hugo Award to have censorship is chef's kiss. And if you want to talk about uh, getting gypped or censored or whatever, ladies and gentlemen, I I know that, that there are the awards, every award show out there, there are politics out the yin yang, but you can't nominate Ryan Gosling and not nominate the director and the freaking actress who played Barbie. Just saying. I think my favorite tagline to that, like whole situation was, and this was the plot of Barbie. Yeah, exactly. You you, you literally played right into their freaking hands. Congratulations. Prove, prove their point. <laughs> Drop mic, walk away. Boom, done. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelia, it's been a pleasure getting ready to come our heads, our mouths, and, of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. 
Amen to that, brother.